This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information Amazing. on who we are and what we do, visit lifelinks.org. Exciting time to be a part of Life Church. If you're new, if you're visiting, you're so welcome. And uh, yeah, where have you been? But we're excited that you're here. We're glad that we get to be a part of this community together. And uh, we, uh, we're going to come into land this morning with our Listen series. Uh, we talked about walking. Uh, and the last four weeks, we've been talking about listening, how to hear the voice of God. And here's what we've said so far. Some of the kind of different ideas we've talked about so far. Hopefully, hopefully the people in this room, the people on the live stream, the people watching this in the future are people who are saying, I want to hear the voice of God. I want some kind of direction for my future. I, I, want, I want to know clarity. I want to have confidence that when I walk, when I step into my next month, my next day, my next week, that I'm walking into God's plans, that I've heard God's voice and I know God's will. So here's the kind of things we've talked about. If we want to hear God's voice, we need to lean into his word. You know, it, it, might, be, it might be that you're like, God, speak to me. But then you're forgetting to pick up this book. You're forgetting to actually lean into his word. You know, I think I shared this the other week, but I'm listening to the, uh, the Bible in a Year podcast uh, with Nicky Gumbel. So good, just every day. Scripture and commentary are actually helping me to get into God's Word. If you want to hear God's voice, if you want to listen to God's voice, lean into His Word. We listen to His whisper. Jeff spoke about this uh, last week, the, the Elijah story, that, uh, that sometimes we're looking for God in the spectacular but actually, God might want to speak to us in the whisper. Lean into his word and we listen to his whisper. I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. It might not be how you imagine. Sometimes we want to tell God how to speak to us. But maybe God wants to speak to us with a gentle whisper this morning. We sense the nudge of his spirit. Sometimes that's how, how we hear God's voice. Just this nudge of his spirit, this kind of inner voice God's spirit that lives within us. And sometimes it's that nudge. Have you ever had that experience? Speak to this person. Encourage this person. Just go to that thing today. You know, I spoke to someone recently who was here on a Sunday morning. Who, who said, I think they said to me, I wasn't going to come this morning. But I got that nudge. I just had that kind of nudge of, I should be there. And I want to encourage you. That, that's the Holy Spirit nudging us into his presence, nudging us to his word. We, nudge, we sense the nudge of the spirit. We surround ourselves with his people. If you want to hear God's voice, then get around God's people. Get around godly people. In our everyday relationships here on a Sunday, in small groups, we surround ourselves with his people. We apply common sense. You know, God has given us a brain. You know, that is a gift from God. Sometimes that's God's voice, isn't it? It's just common sense. Here's the right thing to do. Sometimes we don't need a word from heaven. Sometimes it's like, stop eating that thing. Stop watching that thing. You know, stop doing that thing. It's hurting you. It's harming you. You know, sometimes it's just common sense. And we stay attentive to signs, dreams, prophetic words. You know, we've heard different stories. And, um, you know, maybe in your life, it was kind of something a bit unusual, something we might call supernatural, something out of the ordinary. We have common sense, but we also have God speaking to us in various different ways and being attentive to those things and seeing the joy, how they're all joined up. God's word, God's people, God's spirit, 
common sense uh, and these signs and these wonders around us all pointing towards something. I, uh, I spent some time this week, we had our page conference in the building, which was great uh, this week, and I spent some time uh, with a friend of mine called Manny, who I've known for about three years, but actually met him in real life this week for the first time. Uh, Manny's from California, now lives in the Faroe Islands. 50,000 people live on the Faroe Islands. Manny's one of them. Uh, Manny and his wife uh, lead Pays um, in uh, Scandinavia, which sounds very grand, but they live in the Faroe Islands and they have a Pays team in Denmark that works in a, in a school in Denmark, which is really awesome. And we really believe God's going to do something incredible through Manny and Sana and their family. But this week I heard Manny's story. Uh, Manny grew up in a Christian home in California. Um, uh, and somewhere along the line, life became a bit fractured. Life became a bit messed up. Um, lots of different family breakdowns and family issues, which eventually led, eventually led Manny to experimenting with drugs and becoming addicted as a teenager into his 20s, uh, becoming uh, addicted to drugs, life controlled by this need to feed uh, the, the drug addiction. Until it got to a point, like a, like a low point, you know, a, a point of brokenness to say, I need help cried out to God, I need help. And he felt the whisper of God uh, say, go home, go home. Just felt this whisper and sensed, this is God speaking to me. I need to go home. Rang his parents and said, I'm coming home. I need help. I'm coming home. And his dad said, brilliant, come home. We'll look after you. Uh, we'll support you. We'll get you through this. And man is like, yes, I'm coming home, but I really need professional help. You know, I, I, I want to get clean. I want to get off the drugs. I need professional help. And as he came home, he's saying all this to his dad. I, I, I'm grateful for your support, but I need professional help. As he's saying all this to his dad, his mum's grinning. Maybe in a way that only mum's, you know, knowing a knowing grin. Mum's grinning. And Manny says, what are you grinning at? Why are you smiling in this weird way? And Manny's mum said two weeks ago, I was praying with a group of ladies. Every week we pray together as a group of ladies. And Manny, we've been praying for you. And two weeks ago, one of the ladies in my prayer group said, your son is coming home. Your son is coming home and he's going to get clean from drugs. He's going to get free from drugs. Uh, and you need to do something. We hear God's word and then we respond. This series has, put, has been called Listen. But actually today there's going to be a challenge to do something with what we hear. Manny's mom heard this word, your son is coming home. And she said, okay, we need to do something. So she booked Manny into a counselling session. When? The day after Manny arrived home. Manny arrives home with this word, come home. He comes home and says, I need help. I need professional help. Mum and dad, you're great, but I need more than that. Manny's mom says, tomorrow you're booked in. Tomorrow, I've booked you in. I knew you were coming home. God told me you were coming home. You're booked in. Manny goes to the appointment um, with Teen Challenge, an incredible Christian organization that helps people find freedom. Uh, got free from the drugs 20 years later. Now lives on the Faroe Islands, four kids, incredible life. Uh, reaching young people um, in California, in Denmark, and now uh, through Pays, uh, hopefully across Scandinavia. I just love that story this week. God speaks come home. At the same time that God was speaking to Manny, God was speaking to Manny's mum. Get ready. Your son is coming home. Maybe that's a word for some of us today. You know, maybe for some of us today, there's been a prayer for children uh, who have maybe wandered away. And maybe today, God wants to say, they're coming home. 
Anyone want to receive that this morning? They're coming home in Jesus' name. Amazing. Well, I want to uh, uh, introduce us to Abby. We all know Abby, but I want to speak to Abby this morning, hear something of Abby's stories. Let's welcome Abby. Thanks, Abby. Morning. Abby, we, uh, we're thinking about this idea of listening to God, and Abby's just, uh, Abby and Tom, just incredible part of our Life Church community. Uh, we love how you worship on the drums as well. Just an incredible, worshipful drummer. Great drummer, but also an incredible, worshipful drummer. So, Abby, why don't you tell us, what does listening to God look like in your day-to-day life? I think what's important for me is that God knows me because he made me. Wow. So, he knows my learning styles and he knows the best way to communicate with me. So, you know, like you get a new colleague at work and you're like, hmm, is it email, is it text, what gets the quickest response? I feel it's like that with God and he knows that I'm a physical and I'm a visual learner. So the most common way that he speaks to me is with pictures. Because for me, pictures is a way that can take me out of what I can see around me in the physical to his kingdom perspective and what he can do in that situation. Wow. So... And it's not always dead clear, and community, church, family plays a part in that. So there's been twice lately where God's given me a picture, but then in praying with people from our church family, it's like they've transformed that picture from 2D to 3D and allowed me by God's grace to see more of his perspective for that, for that situation. So that's the usual way that he speaks to me, but sometimes he does use words Um, words that I don't hear audibly I hear in my heart but I find it really hard to retain them so there was a time just before Christmas when I was in one of these really selfish moments and it was me and God and I wasn't responsible for anyone or anything and it was beautiful and he was talking and I could hear him in my heart and I needed to write it down because I'd forget but I didn't want to get my phone out I was in this beautiful moment what did I want my phone for So I stayed in God's presence and then I did this four-hour journey and then I came back and I'm like, right, God, what was it he said? I could not remember one thing that he said, but he knows I'm a physical learner. So he knows I needed to know the feeling and I wouldn't forget that feeling. And the peace that I felt in that situation, that divine tranquility, that calmness all the way through my body was God's peace and God's grace and what he needed to say to me. And I believe in that moment that was more important than the words. And I haven't asked him what the words were because I felt I'd got what he needed to give me physically. Wow, that's a great story. That's a great story. And have you, just a last question, and then, then I'm going to ask Abby to pray for us. Uh, pray for us that we would hear God's voice, that we'd lean into what God wants to say to us. So just one other uh, question, one other story. Just a time where you've experienced God confirming something. You know, sometimes we have that of, we maybe have a scripture or a song that, uh, that speaks to us, or you know, something that happens where you're like, I think that's God, I think that's God, but then a series of events might confirm, yes, that is God. So do you have any examples of that? Yeah, God can nag us, can't he? And he can convict us. And um, when I started playing the drums, I can honestly tell you it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Physically, cognitively, spiritually, emotionally, I was in a battle. It it was really, really, really hard. And, um, And God really convicted me that I was speaking negative things over myself. 
and that what we declare over ourselves matters. Mm. And so I had this conviction all the time, stop saying that, stop saying that, don't Mm. verbalise that. And then there was one Sunday morning and I was banging away on that drum and I was believing for what God was going to do in another situation. And it's in those intimate moments where it's easier to hear what God's saying through the ears of my heart. And drumming away and really clearly God said, you're a drummer. Three words, Mm. you're a drummer. Not audibly, in my heart, you're a drummer. And that was massive because God knows that my identity and my purpose are really closely linked. Mm. And I've spent 25 years just focusing on being a mum. And whatever I've done at work or whatever, it has to fit into that. This is what I'm here for. I'm here to be a mum. And I couldn't fit the drums in. I couldn't work out how this all fit in the equation. And I was battling with it. It was really hard. But that was God knowing what I needed in that situation. And I needed to know that he was in it. And if he says I'm a drummer, I can't argue against that. I can't argue against what God's saying. But it also made me speak more positively over myself. Mm. And right at the beginning, when Abigail started singing, she was always thanking God for the privilege. And I'm like, this is a privilege. I was like, (laughs) this is torture. (laughs) And she just walked on and she made it look so easy. But now God said that, I see the privilege. I see that we can help as a team. We can help other people connect to God, connect to what he's saying and listen to his plans and purposes for their life. That's really good. That is awesome. Love it. Thank you, Abby. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I I love these stories. And I love that this is a community full of people who hear God. And God's voice shapes our lives. Uh, but for some of us, maybe it feels a bit foggy sometimes or cloudy or, you know, like, is God speaking? Or maybe you've heard God in the past, but you're struggling to hear God at the moment. Abby, I'd love it if you could pray for us in this moment. And for those of us in the room, the yellow room, for those at home, I just encourage you to open your mind, your heart, uh, your ears to God's leading. Yeah. Thank you, Abby. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Mm. Yeah, Lord, we thank you that you give us physical ears, physical eyes, that you give us all our senses, all our feelings, that you designed us so intricately and beautifully. But we thank you also that you made our hearts. You made everything about our hearts and you can help our hearts to assist us in seeing and hearing what you're saying in your will, in our life, in your plans and your purposes. This morning, we ask you to open our physical eyes and ears, to open the ears of our heart, to open the eyes of our heart so that we can be in tune, we can hear from you, we can look to you, we can see and declare your kingdom Mm. purposes and your kingdom rule in our life. Lord, we thank you, we surrender to you this morning, we surrender and we say, help us to hear through what Pete's saying, help Mm. us to hear what you need us to hear this morning by the power of your holy name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Abby. So good. Okay, we're going to turn to uh, Scripture. And um, some, some of us might be familiar with this Scripture. For some of us, this might be a brand new uh, idea. But 1 Chronicles 12.32. Anyone been reading 1 Chronicles recently? 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. Really interesting uh, Scripture. Just for context, this is a, a pivotal moment in the story of uh, Israel. 
Uh, Saul uh, has been king. And if you, if you know the biblical story, you know that Saul was made king, but Saul was never really a king after God's heart. And God had promised that David who we meet as the shepherd boy, that David was the anointed one, that David one day would become the king. And David is a type of leader, a type of king that points towards Jesus, that points towards uh, Messiah. And in this story, David's about to become king. Uh, David is gathering the tribes around him. And all the different tribes are kind of bringing uh, their strength to the table as there's this moment of transition, this moment of upheaval. War is in the air. You know, we're having this transition between Saul and David. And it says this in 1 Chronicles 12.32. The men from Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. This really interesting idea of what are they known for, this tribe and this group of leaders, this group of men, they understood the times. And these were times of upheaval, change, transition, but also a time of stepping into God's promise. Does that sound, this is two and a half thousand years ago, very different context, very different era, but does that sound anything like your reality? A time of upheaval a time of change, a time of transition, a time of stepping into God's promise. Maybe you've not been aware of that, but maybe all of this change and transition and upheaval, rather than that all being awful and all being negative, maybe it's a preparation for what God's about to unleash in your life, stepping into God's promise. In this context, God's promise was King David. King David was about to displace Saul as king, uh, step into the throne and bring about a new era in Israel that, as I said, ultimately leads us to Jesus. And the men of Issachar, they understood. You might call it intuition. You might call it discernment, you know, as a spiritual gift of discernment. They understood the times. The men of Issachar didn't simply know the signs, but they knew how to live in light of them. That's so crucial. They had a sense of what to think, how to act, and the manner in which to respond. They knew the role their lives had to play in light of the moment in which they lived. They recognized we are living in a very specific cultural moment. We're living in a moment. They listened. They listened to the world around them. They listened to the voice of God. They discerned God's will, but they understood the culture. They understood the significance of their cultural moment, and they were able to live in light of that. They were able to speak to their culture. They were able to speak wisdom to the king and wisdom to the community around them. So what can we learn from that? The men of Issachar. You know, in this room, there are men and women, people from lots of different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. What can we learn from these men, these men of Issachar? What is our cultural moment? As in, what is happening around us? What can we perceive, discern, understand about what's happening around us? We might just say, it's all mad. (laughs) It's all chaos. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just trying to get through. Can we listen to culture? Can we listen to the world around us? Can we understand the times not be shaped by culture, but understand the times. What can we learn from that? What is our cultural moment? What is our response to that? Are we paying attention to the world around us and using the gift of discernment? It's one of the spiritual gifts that Paul talks about, the spiritual gift of discernment. Are we understanding what the Spirit is doing? 
That's been our, one of our questions, hasn't it, the past few weeks, one of our prayers. Spirit, lead and guide. What are you doing? What are you saying? Where are you leading us? Can we discern what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is doing and how are we meant to respond to it? Are we listening and understanding the times? Certainly for me, the past few years, a lot of it has just been reacting. You know, like, okay, this is shifting, or this is changing, or this rule has changed, or there's this thing happening in this part of the world, or or this nation, which is affecting our work over here, or now our kids are at home, and now we've become teachers, or whatever it might be. You know, there's been all these shifts and chaos and upheaval, and I loved Abby's phrase, kingdom perspective, or heavenly perspective, or God perspective. Sometimes it's that taking a step back and saying to the Spirit, Okay, what are you doing in all of this? Was God surprised by COVID? Did it take him by surprise? Or or is God leading and guiding? Is God leading us through? Well, as I've been reflecting these past few weeks and listening, you know, listening to different voices, uh, listening to different Christian voices who are trying to kind of lift their head above, listen to uh, kingdom perspective, God perspective, and trying to help us understand the times that we live in. I've got three things to share. These aren't unique to me. These aren't brand new ideas, but just three things that we can discern from the times that we live in and some kind of response to them, some kind of heavenly response, Christian response to them. So first of all, three things that we can see around us. Continued instability. I'm sorry, that that's not good news. <laughs> but this idea of continued instability, sometimes this is, there's been the sense, hasn't there, of if we can just get through this season, then when we get out the other end, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to go back to normal. But actually what we see is this continued instability. Every system seems to be strained, fragile, fractured, or even broken. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but it seems that every system in society is either strained, fragile, fractured, or broken. So we can say there's a sense of continued instability. There's not this magic moment where everything's going to be okay and everything returns to the way it was. Actually, our cultural moment says instability is going to continue. God is the same. God is present. God is the rock that we can build our lives on. But actually around us is this continued instability. So what do we do about that? Well, Kerry Newhoff is one of the people that I've been reading. You might have become aware of him. He says this. He's a church leader. Agility is the antidote to instability. Now, again, that's not a Bible verse, but I think there's wisdom there. Agility is the antidote. What's our response What is the Spirit saying as there's instability all around us? Pointing to God, the rock, who is stable, there's wisdom in that. There's great strength and great great wisdom in that. But as individuals, as people, rather than trying to find a firm foundation all the time, maybe that's just learning to be agile. Again, I I love that in Abby's story. You know, Abby became uh, one of the drummers here at Life Church. If you remember, back back in the days, I was one of the drummers for a little while. Uh, and I thought I was doing well, but I got sacked, and it's a different story. Uh, but uh, for, 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 for a while, uh, me and Abby there were, were the drummer, and Abby stepped in. 
there was an agility in Abby, just a servant-heartedness to say, I will serve in any way that I can. And the way that Abby um, has then gone from playing the box, uh, the cajon, and, and kind of she had a bit more of a fancy box than, than I had, to then being our, one, one of our drummers and, and leading worship from the drums has just been amazing to see. There's an agility to that. That's what we've had to do as a church community, is be agile, is be, you know, on our toes. Uh, agility, uh, agility is the ability to move quickly, easily, thinking and understanding on the move. As I read this quote this week, as I remember back to uh, Derek Smith, who came and spoke to us in October, and he talked about uh, being ready, you know, to uh, uh, being ready in every opportunity. And that agility is one of the keys to that. I want to encourage us that agility, moving fastly, moving quickly, hearing the Spirit's leading, not just waiting for everything to return to normal, but actually being agile, being on our toes, being ready for what God is doing is so key. Agility. Rigidity is the opposite to being agile. Rigidity is saying, no, I am doing this. You know, being just like stuck in a box. I am doing this. I am not moving. Stability is so powerful, but rigidity, you know, we're rigid to the work of the Spirit or rigid to a new idea. Let's not be rigid. Let's be agile, on our toes, ready to move. So that's the first kind of cultural moment that we're in. Continued instability. What's our answer? Let's be agile to the Spirit's moving. Secondly, I'm sorry, these are all negative, but there's a, there's a hopeful, there's a hopeful uh, one for each one. Second one is this, deepening cultural divides. The, the, the opposites seem to be getting further and further away. A deepening cultural divides. Again, you might disagree with that, but over these past few years, it seems to be that things have got uh, wider. The gaps between different communities or different ideas, different ways of thinking, uh, thinking Deepening cultural divides. Well, here's what Nikki Gumbel, I was watching a talk from Nikki Gumbel uh, this week, uh, the founder of Alpha, um, and he was talking to church leaders trying to think about the future. And he said this, in a divided world, we need a united church. As the world is more and more divided and polarized and more toxic, what we need is a church, is a people who show what unity looks like. It shows what togetherness and community looks like. And Jesus said it 2,000 years ago. John 13, verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. What a powerful idea. What does a Christian look like? You know, is it a piece of clothing? Is it a certain thing we do with our lives? No, what a, how do you identify a follower of Jesus? How, you, how do you identify what a Christian looks like? By this, everyone, the watching world, will know that you're mine. You're my little ones. You're my disciples. You're my followers. When you love each other, a divided world needs a united church. Communities across East Lancashire and across the nation that are more and more toxic and divided and struggling and... Um, needing leadership and needing help, need great churches who are going to bring communities together. And if we're ever going to do that, we need to be united with each other. You know, even even today, if there's um, unreconciled relationships in the room in this community, can I encourage you, reconcile, make peace. 
you know, that bond of Christian love, you know, that can happen in community. That can happen around communion. So unity, agility, unity. And this third idea that I've picked up and as I've been thinking about all this stuff is selfishness and entitlement. In our cultural moment, the men of Issachar recognised all these issues around them, all these challenges and changes in their society. When we look at the world around us, it seems to have become more selfish and more entitled. People demanding their rights, you know, people wanting it their way. Forget about the rules, forget about the system. I want what I want, selfishness and entitlement. So what's the antidote to that? What's the answer to that? I'd like to suggest it's humility which takes us back to a few weeks ago when Jeff started the series on walk. We walk with humility. And that's certainly one of, one of my dreams for us as a community, that we'd raise up many, many leaders who carry humility, servant leaders. What if we could unleash and raise up a new breed of servant leaders you know, that across our communities the, oh, you're part of Life Church. How, how do people know that you're part of Life Church? Because you carry humility, because you're a servant leader on your street, in your place of work, in your school or college, for those of you in the yellow room, you know, in the world around us, that humility is the antidote. Leaders who walk with humility act justly and love mercy. So it's a summary, a summary of. Like the men of Issachar, trying to understand the times that we live in. What about you? What about me? Maybe the band could come and join me. A little summary. Agility for the God opportunities. That's what we need. Maybe that's the voice of God to you today. Listen, you need to be on your toes. You need to be agile. Maybe you've been sat back passive, waiting for God to do something. Maybe God's saying, get on your toes. Get ready. Be agile for what I'm about to do. Unity. If you're waiting for God to speak to you, maybe God is saying, be united, be reconciled, be in relationship, be in community. Unity to display our love. Humility. Maybe that's God's voice to you this morning. Humble yourself. Humility as we walk and serve our world. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation, and the nations with the good news about Jesus.